This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 148, How to Accelerate Your Career. Most of these sources are really not beneficial for career advancement. There are good tips here and there, but there is no comprehensive approach. Most of my time was really figuring out what to do next and figuring out how to crack the whole career advancement and applying unconventional approaches. Hey, HTYCers. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, this is Scott Barlow. You are listening to Happen to Your Career. This is the show that helps you figure out work that fits you by exploring other stories. Now we get to bring on experts like Jeff Woods. He's a, he's a guy who, actually a friend who teaches people how to leverage the power of mentorship or people that have pretty amazing stories like Jared Shivers, who designed his career and his life to fit what was important to him and his family. And people just like you that have gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. Now they're people just like our next guest. And in my conversation with uh, with him, and he's become a great friend over the last, uh, last about year or so, uh, we identify and talk about what he calls the four invisible forces that are impacting your career and explain why they are not helping you right now. Chances are you have at least one of these that is not helping you right now. Stay tuned for what they are. You'll also find out about the 10% club, the 10% of employees at any given company that are steadily advancing in, in their roles and learn how you can become a member of that club. It's not as hard as you think it is. And we're also going to walk through Bozy's signature six step formula for accelerating your career. I asked him to come on and do this for you because I absolutely love that uh, that he's put this together and he's been using it for years at this point and been teaching it for years at this point. He's a career coach and the founder of Career 10X. He's also a healthcare executive with passions for technology and innovation and human behavior. I think you're going to have a ton of fun with this conversation. Without further ado, here is Bozy Dar. Bozy, I am really excited to have you on the show because we've chatted a whole bunch before this. But I've not had you on the podcast yet, and it's been about time to remedy that. So, hey, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here on this your podcast, Scott, and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. But the reason that I'm I'm excited is because you've done you've had a pretty interesting career. I think it's interesting, and I think a whole bunch of our audience will think it's very interesting too, because you've done some pretty amazing things, and at the same time you have also put together a process for other people to duplicate those amazing things. So, yeah, specifically, you've done a really, really, really nice job with being able to get promoted again and again and again and again and again and again. Is that (laughs) that fair to say? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, thanks for saying this. Yeah, it was. I counted that when I started kind of putting everything that I learned into a system. So it was basically six promotions in six years and increasing salary of 15 times, which when I realized, I was like, no one's going to believe that. But actually, that, <laughs> that's the case, and that's actually what happened. Yeah, so I want to go back, like before we, you know, before we talk through all that, and I've got all kinds of questions for you, but I want to go before all that stuff happened and you know, starting out. And before you got that that first promotion, um, what what was you know what was it like at that point? What was life like at that point? And what what prompted you to start looking for those promotions in the first place? What was going on at that point in time? Yeah, so you know, like most of people's personal stories, I mean, my success stories started to be the massive failure, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, that's where you learn the most, right? So I, I'm an achiever type. I'm a very competitive type. I do like to win. And, and of course, I've done, like a lot of other people, uh, I you know, went to university. I had all the good grades. I wanted to you know, get into uh, a job market, market and go up really fast. So I got my first job, and it was a job in life science industry in sales and I wanted to have an interesting job, get promoted fast, make more money, <laughs> be the best. And so, but I didn't have any strategy. Um, all my strategy was based on things that I have learned here and there uh, throughout, you know, years before that. And so I, my first job, one thing I was focused on is having the best results, right? So I thought if I work hard, and I, then I don't need to talk about my successes. And all I have to do is produce these results and everything will take care of itself. And I met, met, you know, since I've been helping people with their careers, I met so many people who are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. They kind of feel almost like they're doing something non-ethical if they're not speaking about their successes. And without realizing that it's, it's really both about doing a great job and delivering but also being able to talk about their successes in what I call the sleaze-free way. People are <laughs> the sleaze-free way, huh? Yeah. Um, and there is a way to do that, of course. So, so what that led, I was doing this for, for almost three years. Uh, that was my strategy. And I wasn't getting really any results in terms of getting promoted. So people were getting promoted faster than me. I wasn't getting any raise, a salary raise. Um, apart from the typical like two to three percent a year and I found myself in complete career stagnation you know this is the point of career which I know many people have faced where you really find it hard to even wake up in the morning to go to work you don't see the future you look around yourself it seems like everyone is doing better than you and that was the point of time when it, it, it became so unbearable that I literally quit my job so after almost three years uh, with all these big plans and all of my, you know, being an achiever type, I ended up not having a job and basically feeling I have completely failed and uh, being an ambitious type, that was really hard for me. And so I spent a lot of time thinking what really went wrong. And, and I, I took almost a year <laughs> to figure that out, believe it or not. So almost a year before going back to the job market with a completely different strategy, um, implying that this is where where things took off, and one big learning that I that I had during this really kind of a dark period for me yeah. was that most people don't have career advancement strategy. So that's like really 
the funny part. You career matters so much to us, and yet if you are in a kind of corporate setting, Fortune 500 companies, or any large, mid-sized to large-sized organization, uh, which you know there are levels ahead for you, you want to you want to succeed, and yet you don't have a strategy. And this is what I found to to be very very surprising. And when I started digging, you know, there's a lot of soul searching. I was like, why do people don't have strategies? Like, isn't it logical to have a strategy for something that you care about? It is, but why is it? And I realized that that there is something that we that I call the invisible forces <laughs> that work against our career. <laughs> and so, and these invisible forces is basically all the career advice that we get along, you know, our life. Um, but most people get, you know, most people never get to experience really courses, learning from someone who has been there, done that, or have an experience working with, you know, coaching or investing in MBA, or I don't know. So most information come from literally four sources. So one is, Internet, another one is family and friends. <laughs> and the third one is kind of career offices, career centers. And then the fourth one is companies. Okay, so I want to talk to you about each of those because <laughs> I've got my own opinions on each of those. But okay. uh, what are any of those, in your experience, typically good information? And if so, what? And then what, what are some of the things that people get from that? So... I'll, I'll, you know, sound maybe a little bit controversial, but I'll say that uh, most of these sources are really not beneficial <laughs> for career advancement. And I know that there are a lot of people who would disagree with me, especially when I talk about family and friends. That's where it becomes emotional. But I do want to talk about these four because these are all the things that are going on in the background of our lives. And we are using this advice from these four sources all the time. And yet we are not aware of that. So. Just to give you a quick walkthrough of all that. So internet, for example. A lot of people, of course, go on Google. They just search for career advice, depending on what's the topic. And what happens is that uh, a lot of this information that comes up, like you know, Forbes, so these are great, great sources. However, uh, these are also media companies. So what they're trying to do is get a lot of eyeballs and trying to get a lot of people to consume the content. So there is no step-by-step -step approach that is proven that will work. There are good tips here and there, but there is no comprehensive approach to, to help people. So a few tips here and there is okay, but it won't solve really, really the problem. It's like, uh, it's, I don't know, trying to attack this massive problem with a couple of small, teeny tiny things. It's like trying to yes. chip at a chip away at a massive, I don't know, stone block or something with a little teeny tiny hammer or something. But I, I just did that. So I just Googled career advice and here's what pops up. Uh, the muse, um, you know, article on career advice. Let's see monster career advice, Huffington post career advice. And they're all like uh, five things I, to be yeah. thankful for okay. in your career. This is what I wanted to say. Can I guess? So I don't see your page, but can I guess that like at least five out of 10 are five things you should do or <laughs> should do in order to advance your career. Right? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, so there you go. So some tips, some tips, I mean, I read a lot of these articles. Some tips are really good, but I love the metaphor that you used. It's just, you know, not enough. It's, it's, a, it's a big problem and it's a tiny solution there. And so the second source is really family and friends. And so people get emotional when I talk about it. They're like, you're saying that my family and friends don't want me to advance? <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> no, they do want the best for you. But have in mind a few things. First of all, your family wants the best for you. They also want you to be safe. 
but they may not have the experience or skills or advice that you're searching for. And similar thing applies to friends. And with friends, they also like you to stay as you are. If you get promoted, you know, 10 times in 10 years and become, you know, a VP, uh, your life is going to change. And most likely some of your friends won't like it. And so when you ask for advice from someone who hasn't had this experience or it's not being trained in something, just my, my advice for, for, for your uh, listeners, the podcast is just to be a little bit careful with that, knowing that they want best for you. <laughs> so that's the second source. Um, the third source is career offices, uh, career centers, um, the career development centers. And this is something that places where I looked for my career advice early in my career. And I realized that a lot of people in these career centers uh, don't really have the experience of, you know, working in a very large size corporation or organization and moving their career really fast. Mostly people are in a similar role for a lot of time. They're helping a lot of people, but these are not proven strategies for advancing careers. And funnily enough, in my advanced course, which is called Career Acceleration Formula, um, when I launched it a few years back, I started having people from career development world. And it was so funny. They were literally sending me emails like, no one has done this. No one has approached like step-by-step approach. Thank you so much. I'll start using this. I'm helping. <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, so that's the third. And the fourth one is companies. And this I'm talking more about here, really large organizations. And this probably most applies for uh, really large corporate worlds. Companies, and I keep on saying this to, uh, to, to, to my, my students, companies, as much as there are a lot of great companies, there are large systems and there are pyramidal systems that are designed to function in a specific way, allowing only certain percentage of people to move fast and, and move upward the pyramid. And so, uh, and that is what I call the 10% club. So roughly 90, according to all the statistics, 90% of people will not get promoted over the next 12 months, over this year. 90% of people will be the exact same job, with the exact same salary, you know, experience, having the same exact experience, and about 10% of people will enter what I call the 10% club. And 10% club is really a place where, you know, I want your listeners to be there in, in a corporate world working large organizations to be, because 10% club is where it becomes really fun to work in a large organization because suddenly you're getting access to most interesting jobs, getting access to um, to you know, uh, uh, salary raises, which are not like two to three percent a year. You're getting access to uh, VIP mentors, like senior VPs, to be your mentor. And suddenly, headhunters are fighting over you versus you <laughs> trying to find a job. So that is what I want you know people to start thinking about all the all these four group of factors, factors as well as um, as well as entering the ten percent club. And this is exactly when I came back to workforce. This is what I started doing. I started applying an uncon- unconventional approaches, uh, which at the end turned out to be like a six-step system. Unconventional approaches to really advancing your career and getting into the ten percent club. So, so before you go into the six-step system, I've got two questions for you. One: What kind of work were you doing when you left? Before you left for that period of time. Uh, so before that, I was still working in sales. So uh-huh. I was kind of an underpaid sales representative. <laughs> so that, that was my work. And during those, that period of almost a year, I got some business skills. So I went to school for extra kind of business education. But most of my time was really figuring out what to do next and figuring out how to crack the whole career advancement 
uh, topic and uh, applying unconventional approaches, as I said to this. I went into marketing, so my first job afterwards was was in my so junior job in marketing. Okay, so then you're in marketing, and what uh, what really what really was I guess the the biggest thing that caused you to really start doing this stuff that's unconventionally. So you left for a year, but then, um, I mean, you had that, that period of time where, you know, you're reflecting on it and trying to figure out, Hey, how do I do this stuff actually different? But then when, when you got back, what was kind of your first experience where you were, um, doing it, actually doing it differently? Yeah. So at the first, you know, I, I didn't know what will work and what won't work. I must say it was a little bit yeah. scary for, for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, saying, well, if this doesn't work again, it's going to be pretty bad. But then I said, you know what? I don't have really much to lose. I've been in a dark spot and feeling like complete failure already. And I also know that what 90% of people are doing will just not work. Like networking with, uh, you know, with everyone on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to have the best results work hard typically people work harder and harder and harder and that's not the way to go so um one thing that that big click that happened and this is kind of a first step in in the six step system that i developed over the years and i could kind of provide really high level on 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 the steps and maybe we can go deeper into one of them but the first thing that happens really is a switch in mindset and that's what was the hardest part even though a lot of people when i say mindset they're like is that something woo woo it's not woo-woo. <laughs> it's incredibly important because the first switch needs to happen uh, in the mindset. And and there, you know, in my advanced course, I talk about eight different mindset shifts. But um, the first and most important is to to uh, to have getting that mindset. I call it how can I help. And 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 I'm sure you you know what what you what, you know what I'm talking about because you do have this mindset. And I remember first time that you and I talked. Yeah. You asked me how can I help. And however, in a corporate world, a lot of ambitious people that I've been mentoring for years, they would come very frustrated, stagnating career, feeling like they're left behind. And they come up with this mindset of, hey, Bozy, who do I need to meet? Who do I need to talk to? How can I, you know, get visibility and, and, and come up with this very nervous energy of getting something? How can I get? So any meeting that they have with anyone, that energy will be sensed and, and, and people will not help them. And so the first mindset shift that, you know, there are eight of them, we'll just talk about this one, is how can I help? Before trying to get anything from anyone, before meeting anyone for networking or anything, and, or thinking about how you add results to your, to your job, think about how can I really help this organization? How can I help my boss? How can I help my future peers for the job that I want to apply? How can I help anyone that, 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 you know, whose life I'm touching through my career? And that's very, very powerful takes time but for me that was like the first um first step um do you want me to talk about other steps as well Well, i want to ask you a question about about this one first Um, just where where did this one like where did you sort of flip the switch into the how can i help mentality because i mean i know you now and like you're you're all about that (laughs) you've been extremely helpful to me in a whole bunch of different areas so it's very clear that you practice what you preach, but where, where did that kind of start for you? Um, or where was the, where did that flip switch get flipped? I guess for you. I'm honestly, I honestly don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a result. It's kind of a synthesis of a lot of books that I've been reading yeah. over that one year. 
a lot of conversation. I've been reaching out to a lot of people who are successful in what I do and asking them things. And, and it was like a massive deep dive. Yeah, and, yeah. It, you know, that was the first thing that clicked. I'm like, I'm, I'm in this scarcity mindset. I'm constantly trying to get something from people and this just doesn't work. So I can't really pinpoint specific source, uh -huh. but over the last 10 years, I've been coming across that message through multiple sources, which I'm sure you did as well, but oh, it's, yeah. it's oh, just yeah. powerful. So, yeah, I, okay, so that's really interesting then. What, uh, out of curiosity, do you remember any of those books? Not that, uh, so that that's going to give away massive secrets or anything like that, but I'm just yeah. curious. Interestingly enough, there are two amazing books that came out relatively recently. So one is called Give and Take, which is exactly about this topic. I mean, the title says it all. And there is one called The Go-Giver, which is a really powerful book, and it kind of has this corporate um, corporate uh, uh, story. That's and Bob Berg, right? Um, I don't remember the author, but probably, yeah, you know the book, right? Yeah, I met Bob at um, I met him in when I was in Texas last year, uh, really briefly, and chatted with him for a little bit. But yeah. there you go, even though the author. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, really, really, really super nice guy. If I'm thinking of the right book, I hope I'm thinking of the right book now. <laughs> now that I did the whole name dropping thing. <laughs> He's challenging the whole concept that I'm talking about right now. It's like yeah. going from being a go getter to being a go giver, and people sometimes think that oh, if I give too much, you know, I may not. I may lose something. And actually, I'll try to really urge everyone who's listening now, you know, give as much as you can. The more you give, the more it comes back to you. And the other piece that I learned over years, which is more like spiritual, you need to be open to receiving as well. A lot of people are not, even though they want to get something, they're uncomfortable mm -hmm. with receiving when it comes to receiving. So there is this cycle of giving and receiving. This, this is getting more into the topic of personal development, spirituality, but it's really important to, to have a balance of that but that cycle is triggered first by giving and not by receiving or taking hey if i could interrupt for just a second i really want to share this story with you so i want you to meet suzanne i'm suzanne waslu adams i live with my husband and our two dogs in winnipeg manitoba canada now suzanne's been working in the same job for quite a while now for the last 10 years i've worked as a color lab technician before she found us though in our eight-day course she well here she is. I knew I needed a change. I had some ideas about what I wanted out of a career, but I felt unfocused and couldn't bring myself to finally making a decision. Does that sound familiar at all? Because I know I've been there. What amazed me the most about working through the course was the insight I gained about myself. Upon completing the exercises, I discovered that I needed to be producing detailed oriented creative work that reflected who I am. Now, I thought this was pretty cool when she dropped me an email about her decision and what the course did for her. The course helped me gain clarity and I figured out that I want to be running a business that showcases my creative spirit. Since then, I've created an action plan with steps that lead to self-employment in work that I love. Now, Suzanne wants to take her artwork that she does, and it's pretty amazing, and turn that into a business. And that is awesome for her because that's what she figured out that she wants. Now, if you want to figure out what you want, here's all you have to do. You can go ahead and go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC. Text it on over to 38470. And we'll get you enrolled in the course for free. 
So that that's interesting. I, I want you to keep going though with uh, with these steps. So now we've we've opened up the loop on the steps, and I want to make sure that we finish those too. Sure. sure. I want to give you know some kind of high level overview of the steps in the time that we had. But so mindset is really where it all starts from. Um, but the second thing is kind of really really clear, which is deciding on your direction, deciding on your goal, deciding on what I call you're choosing your perfect next job. And this is not about um, uh, uh, being hired in your next big job. This is about you choosing what's your perfect next job. There's a lot of research um, that uh, on this topic and it shows that basically perfect career means a lot of perfect jobs, like a, like a string of pearls. And, and there are really three um, different factors that I found that are, you know, three kind of steps in order to think about that next perfect job. And, and it's like a really simple system. One is to, I call it outside, inside, uh, validate. So inside is really looking at yourself and your personal strengths. So you kind of understand what is really the type of job that gives you the most energy, puts you in that state of flow where time stops by, stops completely for you, not stops by, stops completely, and you, you are really doing or, you know, something that you, for, for which you have your unique ability or you apply your strengths. And there's a lot of theory behind it, which I won't go into that, but that's kind of the first step. This is the inside step. The second step is outside, outside where you look at the perfect job environment. And this is so funny. It's a lot of people just, you know, want to get the next level job and they look at it in such a linear way. Like I want to get next level promotion. And I keep on saying, look, first you need to find what, what is really job that uses your strengths. But second, you find the right environment. That's the outside part. And the right environment is typically either the part of the organization that is going to grow over the next few years or the part of the organization that needs to be turned around, that needs to be fixed. Why? Because this is where all the budgets go <laughs> and this is where all the visibility goes by default. So it's almost like a wave that is already there and you're putting a surfboard and riding that wave instead of you know, like trying to find where is this wave, et cetera, et cetera. So high growth or turnaround. And then once you figure out your strengths, your right environment for you, and uh, large companies are very, by the way, public about area, which will grow, which will get funded. So you can find that information on Google or in the annual reports. And then the third step is to validate. Find someone that you can, um, find, one, find someone who's already in that job and have literally a coffee and say, what do you enjoy about your job? What do you not enjoy about your job? And what do you think, would you think that this would be the right next step for me? That coffee, 15 to 30 minutes meeting, it literally, people get, you know, gut feeling whether that next job is right for them or not. So it's like a third step of validating. After that second, so that, these are the three steps of the yeah. second step of finding a perfect job. And that's where you basically set the direction and saying, well, that's where I'm going. And you know, all the other steps are right, how to get you there. But now you know where you're going. So that's basically kind of the, the second step of the system. Um, so uh, when, when, once you kind of you have that, the third really step is something that I call the one big thing, which is exactly the opposite of what most people do. That's why I say it's unconventional. One big thing is choosing your one flagship unique project that you will do so well, you will focus on over the next six to 12 months that will literally, literally carry you to your next job promotion. So when people say, let's say, uh, a Scott, and you're now working in a large company, let's say, and people ask, let's say at the end of the year, after six months, hey, who is Scott and what is he known for? People around you, should, if they answer in one sentence, Scott is XYZ role, this is his role, 
and he is known for XYZ. So that XYZ should be that one big thing, that one flagship project. Most people struggle with that. Instead, they work so hard, they say yes to every task, every project, everything they, that their boss requires them to do, instead of really having that incredible focus on one big thing. And the reason they do that is that they think that, you know, they don't want to put all of their eggs in one basket, they want certainty, and they end up being spread out. So in the end of the year, someone asks, who is that person? What are they known for? There's like, you know, like crickets, <laughs> you know, like nothing coming up. So this I, is interesting too, because this, this is exactly what worked for me. Actually, I still get, uh, I just got an email, uh, two days ago from a project that I had worked on a huge project. That is what I became known for. And, um, is still known throughout the, the last organization that I worked with. I'm obviously no longer, uh, I work for myself now, but, um, but yeah, I just got an email the other day from somebody who was asking a question about that and wanted to know more. So yeah, the proof positive right there. Exactly. Exactly. And it's better to stand for one thing than to stand for a lot of small things. That's just how it is. And we can go deeper on that topic if we have time, but that, that is like, if, if I choose one topic that, I would suggest uh, people to to take from this conversation in order to advance their career is really to have that clarity on what's that what's their one big thing for the next six to twelve months. Um, so that would be basically the, the step three. The step four is about the boss. <laughs> okay, so this is like also one of the most controversial topics. People just have really weird relationships with their bosses. It's often antagonistic, and they're, they're like uh, they just don't want to cooperate with their bosses. They, they see their bosses as their enemies. So it's really interesting. And I say, you know what? If you learn how to manage your boss, you don't need to be friends with your boss. But if you learn how to, that psychology of that relationship, which is the first thing, and you learn how to navigate it, your boss can literally work for you. So I had most of my bosses, that, you know, during my promotions year after year, I had most of my bosses literally actively helping me in finding the next job. So I would be on a business trip, or I would be doing my work and I would have my boss literally working for me, which is incredible. So I, and I say this, people say, oh, boss working for me, really? I'm like, yes, for you and your career, and that is possible. So the first thing is to, to uh, do kind of small exercise. So ask yourself whether your boss is positive or negative about your uh, job promotion. I call this the boss test. So positive or negative, a lot of people think that their boss is positive, but actually the boss turned out to be negative. And, and secondly, to turn to, to check whether that's active or passive support. So if your boss is actively negative, that's typically the job where you should run away from. If your boss is passively negative, meaning it doesn't talk negatively about you and your skill, but when asked about you, you know, doesn't say really good things, sometimes say negative things, that's really a danger zone. And a lot of people are in that danger zone without being aware of it. Uh, the positive Passive support is, is like a good zone. I call it the foundation because that's where your boss is positive about you and your job promotion, but he or she won't talk about you uh, unless being specifically asked. And the fourth zone, which is really the power, I call it like a power quadrant. It's where your boss, boss is actively supporting you. That's where your boss starts to work for you and starts working on your next job promotion. And, you know, there's a lot that we can, you can talk about on this topic, but one thing, if you take really one thing from this conversation is to first diagnose whether it's active or passive support, positive or negative. And the second thing, really to spend time understanding the goals of your boss. And it can be literally one email sending to your boss saying, Hey, 
I've been thinking about this next year, what's coming for us. Can we have a conversation? I'd love to understand better what are your goals and how can I support you? And that's where that mindset from step one is how can I help uh, really becomes uh, powerful. Uh, do you have any questions around the boss or you want me to cover the, um, the few more steps? from? I, the I love the, the email that you're, you're talking about. I've, I've personally sent that email many times over and found it well-received 100% of the time. <laughs> Not that that's a huge surprise, but uh, I mean, everybody wants help for what they're trying to do anyways and what they're responsible for anyways. But I would, I would, I would love it if you would uh, kind of take us through the, the last two steps really quick. And then I have maybe just one or two questions about. Sure. And you see, if you notice, you know, I, would, I have this now urge to, to, to give as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. The time that we have, because then again, everything is the mindset. What we just discussed, this email related to the boss, it's literally mindset. How can I help you? It's really powerful. So it's not to woo. -woo. <laughs> the, the fifth step that I, I call it to grow into you 2.0 meaning that a lot of people are, want to get promoted, but they're also afraid of that future success. Will they be able to handle it? They're afraid whether they have skills. So what I often tell people, look, the key is to naturally grow into your next role. So how do you naturally grow to your next role? Well, uh, I call there is something that I call the simulation project, where you basically choose a project that you volunteer that, it can, that can help you. So these are the only two projects that you need, the one big thing project and the simulation project. With simulation, you basically build your skills for that future job. So you choose something to volunteer typically that can help you demonstrate that you are ready for that next job. And that is possible only if you know what you want your next job to be. So I call it simulation project because it reminds me a lot of uh, you know, uh, uh, aircrafts, the combat aircraft, so they're like $200 million. So governments of the countries, they don't just put like a pilot to take that aircraft. And if something happens, that's that's costs a lot, right? So it's like $200 million. What they do, they run a lot of simu simulators, you know, these machines, or you know, uh, virtual environments before they say, well, this is the pilot who should <laughs> take that aircraft. So that's like really the fifth step. Try to figure out what's the project that can the same time give you skills and demonstrate to your future boss that you're ready for the next level role. So we covered until now, we talked about the mindset, we talk about choosing your perfect next job, we talk about one big thing, which is um, that flagship project, we talk about the boss and the boss test and the simulation project. And the last piece of the puzzle, which is something that we can really talk about for a few hours, but I'll try to give you a really high level overview. I call it becoming the person of influence. Um, some people can you know, connect it with networking, but it's really about knowing, first of all, who to network with and what should your goals be. Because a lot of people have that spray and pray approach. They just start networking, having lunches and coffees with everyone, where at the end of the day, all they need is their boss, which is kind of the, the, the first step. They need their future boss, <laughs> who will basically be a key decision maker. Um, and they need future peers because future peers will be uh, are often often overlooked in the whole process like oh I don't care future peers you know I'll just meet them here and they say hi but basically if they don't like you they can easily say that to their bosses and then and then it's over and then when the future boss like ask about you uh, that, that your future peer of yours will say huh I don't really like that person we had a few meetings but you know I don't really like that person so it's incredibly important to know who to network with, 
and what should the goal of this networking be. So I'll leave it at this point. Now we kind of had a walkthrough of the six steps and, and I shared a parts of my story. So I want to check in with you if you have any, any final questions or anything that you would like to, to me to, to talk more about. You know, I'd, I'd love to spend one or two minutes just kind of deep diving into, into one of those steps. And actually, let me ask you this, you know, what, for somebody getting started in this, and let's say that they, you know, they're in a mid-sized to large company, they're listening to this and this is new material for them. And they're like, I can, I can do some of those things. Where, where should they really get started? What's, what's, uh, what is, uh, what is one of the most important things that they should do first? I understand we've got the six steps here and all those six, six steps make sense, but what's one of the first things that they should think about to actually start acting on these six steps? Yeah. So, so that's, that's really a great question. Thanks for asking. So, um, if you know, all of these matters, right, it's like, it's, it's a system, it's a formula, but if you choose one thing, given that you already know what is the the next job that you want go, want to go for? Um, typically, I suggest people to define that one big thing. And learning how to do this is very powerful career skill for the future. So, basically, choose that one project or initiative that you focus on from today, and it will carry you forward to your next job promotion that you will get known for in the future um, in the organization. So, I often give this analogy of, of Eiffel's Tower in Paris, where you know in the late 19th century Paris was very beautiful but but they started to lose like a lot of tourists you know compared to London and some other uh, cities Paris was kind of losing its position and so Gustav Eiffel who was well-known architect at the time went to the mayor and said you know what let's build like a huge thing in the middle of the city and this is how I think it should look like and the rest is history right they built Eiffel Tower Eiffel Tower became one of the most famous landmarks and you know when tourists nowadays and which I've done as well <laughs> go to Paris the first thing they do is go they go to Eiffel Tower they get some photos and then they explore other beautiful landscapes of Paris so in the same way that Paris needs its own Eiffel Tower you need your own I'm talking now to your listeners you need your own one big thing project that will literally stand out and that is a secret to working smarter and not working harder that is a secret to not being all stressed out to saying yes to everything and ended up you know at the end of the year being burned out without achieving much and and there is a whole kind of checklist on how to find that uh, specific one big thing project and it can be tricky for some people it can take a few days but some people it can take two or three weeks to really to realize what is that one big thing project but there, you know, I won't go through the whole checklist, but I'll go through really the few points that I'd like to cover. One is that that one big thing needs to be the solution to an existing problem. In other words, there should be a problem that your boss has, that your organization ha has, that, that your one big thing should solve problem or part of the problem. So the first thing is to think about how can I help? Again, it's a mindset. How can I help? solve a specific problem. So this is not about fancy project. There are a lot of people who kind of come up with something fancy, they give it a good name, but you know, people are not stupid. After two or three months, people other people realize that that's not really something that is of substance. So find the problem and apply this as a solution. And the second piece, second part, is kind of longer checklist, is to choose something that you can, do, you can kind of deliver in the right time. Typically, 
uh, job promotions are discussed uh, during mid-year uh, mid reviews in large, large companies, organizations, or end-year review process. So there, there is a time when, you know, you kind of bosses gather and discuss, like, you know, who is ready for the promotion. So typically, if you choose a project, you shouldn't choose something that takes like 15 years <laughs> to be executed or two years, but something that can uh, provide tangible results for the company or for your unit or for your boss over the next six to 12 months so that November time of the year or May, June time of the year, there is already something tangible you can talk about. So if, if you are able to do that and focus about 70 to 80% of your time at work, focus on that one big thing, then you're, you're going to allow your, your, yourself, first of all, your mind, your space to think about your career advancement uh, rather than being, you know, working on 100 different projects and not having time to even think about your career. So if I would choose one, it would be really step three to be really choosing that one big thing and saying no to many other things. This is phenomenal. And I know that we're getting short on time and, and everything along those lines, but I, I have a, another ask of you. We talked about it really briefly, and I, I hope it's still okay. <laughs> but uh, I would... You did a training for our audience before for HDYCers, and um, could could we set that up again? That way, yeah. people who want to go deeper into these six steps can yeah, sure. uh, can get the full sure. meal deal and be able to understand these. Because uh, first of all, I just really appreciate your you know your um, acting on the how can I help you piece. And every every time I interact with you, I get something out of it. And I know that uh, the feedback that I've gotten from people I've sent your way in the past has, has always been really good. So um, we we talked briefly about uh, about doing that before we hit the record button. But how can, how could we set that up? How could we make that happen? Yeah, no, we can definitely do that. And, and thanks for asking. Um, I know that you you um, you really have a great audience and you, you know, you act from a position of high integrity. So I love working with you and I love to set up this for, for your students or for your audience who fall, um, happen to your career, HTYC, an acronym. So I think the best way to set it up, uh, set it up on, uh, my site is career10x.com. So, uh, career10x.com slash HTYC, which has happened to your career. So I'll say it again, career10x.com uh, slash HTYC. So I'll set up a training that will be free for your audience and where, you know, literally what they come to this training, literally take what they learn on this training because my free trainings are typically very action focused. So the idea is you get there, you get specific action pieces that you can just run away with it like a next day and start implementing. Of course, I have an advanced training and that's for people who really want to get quickly advanced, get like the fastest possible results. But just coming to, to my free training, you get a ton of value. I have people getting promoted coming to, to my free training. So I'm really looking forward to set this up for, for you and, and your audience. That's perfect. Hey, I really, really appreciate that. And um, I really appreciate you making the time. I know that uh, we were trying to figure out like how to how to make this work and get you on the show and, and everything like that. And I'm glad that we did. So, hey, thank you so very much. My pleasure. And, and you know, thank you so much for inviting me. Hey, wherever you are in your career at this very moment, 
Whether you're looking to advance in your current organization or if you want to make a career change, we've outlined a system today that will take you where you want to go. If you're interested in learning more about Bozy's Six Steps to Career Acceleration, make sure that you sign up for the free training that I asked them to prepare uh, specifically for HTYCers. And I've uh, I had them do this once before. We ta- got a ton of great feedback. It's been a long time since uh, since we've done it, and I think he's uh, I think he's since improved upon it too. So uh, I think you're in for a a pretty pretty good show. And all you have to do to be able to sign up for it for this coming Thursday is go to career10x.com/htyc. That's career10x.com slash HTYC. And again, all of these will be in the show notes for you, so you can go over there at any point in time. We'll see you there. Thanks so much for listening to the episode today. Really appreciate you spending your time with us. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to tell you what's coming up next week on Happen to Your Career. First of all, if you've ever been wondering, and this is a question I get all the time, if volunteering can be helpful as you're making a job change, making a career change, and if that can be a great way to get in, in with a company, foot in the door, whatever you want to call that. I'll tell you what, it can, but only if you do it in the right way. And that's what we're going to talk about next week on Happen to Your Career and give some really specific examples of how to do that. We've got a guest who I've had the opportunity to become friends with over the last, geez, I don't know, six, seven months, something along those lines. He hails from Portland, Oregon, and he is one of my friends. His name is Mac Pritchard of Max List. And you're going to absolutely love this one. So tune in next week on Happen to Your Career so that we can teach you how to be able to use volunteering to your advantage and get the most out of it in many different ways. Because, yeah, quite frankly, volunteering can be a lot of fun and it can be pretty meaningful. Well, at the same time, if you do it in the right way, it can be helpful to you and making a career change. Really, really cool. So all that and more next week on Happen to Your Career. But hey, I want to I wanna ask you a favor. I'm wondering if you've benefited from any of the episodes that we've put out at all, would you take about, let's say 60 seconds, 60 seconds and go over to, go over to iTunes, go over to Stitcher and leave us a rating and review. We've been getting a lot of them lately and our show because of you has been growing a ton because the more people that subscribe, the more people that rate and review, well... That uh, that begins to get the word out because uh, we go higher in the rankings and that helps more people find us, which means that we get more people to be able to happen to their career and make career changes that they love. How cool is that, right? So I, I would really appreciate it. It would make my month, day, week, and year for, uh, well, actually not just me, but all the people that, uh, that we end up reaching and at the same time, uh, our team. So, hey, take a moment. We'd very, very much appreciate it. And I want to read off a, I want to read off a quick, uh, quick review that somebody has left us recently. I think you're going to like this one. So here's how it goes. This, uh, this came from, let's see if I can say the name, right? Let's see if I can say the name right here. Came from Eugene Yan. Yujin An, he says, and hopefully I didn't screw that up too bad. I've been listening to HTYC for the past three months, and the stories, interviews, testimonials have been powerful. It's like listening to This American Life, but hearing real careers blooming, pivots happening, and the exploration of possibility. 
I find myself looking forward to hearing each episode every week. Keep up the great work. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone that is seeking to do what they are passionate about. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the five-star review. That means an awful lot to us. You are fantastic. If there's anything that we can do to help you, just let us know. Head on over to happentoyourcareer.com or email, drop an email for anybody on the team. We'll make sure that you get to the right place because guess what? We are not just a company that uh, that puts content and stuff out to the world. We're a company that wants to help you. Just drop us a note so we can help you make it happen. All right. We'll see you next week on Happen to Your Career. I am out. Adios. Adios.